should be up. Just make sure that We're the testing. mic seems... Testing. It's totally working. Testing. I'm going to scoot closer. Yeah, just make sure that the mic is kind of between you guys relatively. This Got nice and cozy and close and yeah, cozy. Perfect. Close and cozy so and nice so and cozy. Like cozy and cozy. Like cozy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not again. Not again. Elizabeth is doing a um, rabbit hole for us today where we're just going to talk about a topic and just see where it gets us. And it's probably going to be unedited and messy, but and please enjoy. So, Soraya, I am taking a class called Making Brands Stick, and it's an advertising class. And I found it really fascinating just to kind of learn, like, basically the saying in the class is products die, brands live forever. Okay, so the class is called How to Make Brands Stick. Yes. And it's not about making stickers for brands. No. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying that is a huge opportunity miss. It it is. Okay, so we're saying that one more time, the products... Are immortal. No, no, products die. Brands live forever. Because, you know, you might have a certain technology. You might have a laptop right mm-hmm. now. But laptops aren't going to be around forever because new technology will be invented. And the laptops we have today probably won't exist in 200 years, if that makes sense. But Apple still might be around. They might just be developing new technology, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is... We are proverbially on our current laptops or whatever on our laptops. We are writing on the slate with chalk. But in the future, we're going to have our versions of laptops. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But those brands that, you know, have been around for hundreds of years, like an example my professor used was Black & Decker. You know how they make tools? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Right. <laughs> well, they're a tool brand, and they started, they made like some, no, actually, we're going to use a different brand as an example. Because yes, do I look one, like I know about tools? Yeah. Um, Subaru. You know Subaru. Yes, you drive a Subaru. I drive a Subaru. So, the granola crunching car. <laughs> so it actually started as a plane company building planes during World War II. They didn't build cars, but then they lost the war, and the U.S. was like, Japan, you you were not building any more planes, because Sumer, Subaru built kamikaze planes. <laughs> they, yeah, they built kamikaze. <laughs> they did. The, 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 the Oh, my gosh. Yep. For World War. Yep. And so after the war, these car oh companies gosh. in Japan, or I mean, these plane companies in Japan had to, you know, start manufacturing something different since they weren't allowed to build planes so they built cars and something interesting about Subaru is all the plane companies that started building cars they formed like a cluster into one company and that's why on Subaru's logo it's a star cluster in the Taurus constellation and it means to govern or to gather so it represents all the five companies that banded together after the war to survive and that's what Subaru means, is to govern or to gather together. So what we're talking about is that the shadow government is actually Subaru. Yes. 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 So <laughs> because, like, it is to govern. They literally didn't even hide it at all. They said Subaru, to govern. So we have discovered the shadow government. So what I'm talking about what they're doing... <laughs> Is all five of these conglomerates or whatever that made planes, kamikaze planes, they were wars, so they know how to make weapons. Mm-hmm. They are now what is planning to take over the world as the shadow government. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is a big conspiracy. I just meant to prove a point that, you know, the products die, the planes, they don't make planes anymore, but now they make cars, and that brand is still around. Hashtag Subaru Illuminati. Another thing is, you know how Subarus are, like, known for being safe? Well, when they first came out with the cars, everyone was so skeptical, and they were like, no, these are not safe cars, they're... and. That is really interesting considering they started making planes designed to kill people. Yes. Like, literally designed to kill the person in it. Mm-hmm. And now they're just the safest cars. They really did a 180. It's almost like they're trying to hide something. They did. And if you see some of their new commercials, like a famous one is called They Lived. And it basically shows this crunched up Subaru car being taken to the junkyard. And it's being passed around to different people. And they're just basically spreading the word like these people who were in this car crash lived they lived and it's just kind of a message like oh these are safe cars and this is even though there was such a bad wreck um they also have another commercial that was released in 2010 called baby driver and it has this little girl in the car about to go driving and her dad's at the window you know telling her like be safe make sure you don't go on your phone make sure you buckle up and then it Um, switches and she's like a teenager it's just like the dad sees this little girl in his eyes driving and it just shows like no he can trust this car is going to take good care of her okay so what would be compelling to me like something that made me go yeah I'm gonna buy that car that's a safe car is if they handed the keys to the actual little girl Mm -hmm. and then they just filmed her driving yeah and then you know like I can't even I can't even drive but like I mean, I can drive. That's that's. So, <laughs> I, was gonna say. I can drive. I can't drive well. Okay. But like, they just hand the car car keys to the six year old, and the six year old is just driving around. Mm-hmm. And then when they inevitably run into something like really really hard because they're going like seventy miles an hour, and they live, dude, I would I would be sold on the safety of that car. So basically, you want to put a child's behind the wheel and then make them crash and see if they live or not i'm just saying it would definitely prove to me the safety of that car i'm not saying anything else that's true i'm saying if i wanted to know a car was safe that's how they would show me that's how you do it yep um well speaking of ads uh it's this it's super bowl sunday this is you know we well i watch the super bowl for the ads not for the football i don't know if you're the same way I'm there for the food. You're f- yeah, okay. That's, I, that's I'm i there for the food and the halftime show occasionally. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I haven't been super impressed with the halftime show the last couple years. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see, Ted. We'll see. We'll give, give Miss Rihanna a chance this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she pulls up. Well, so I wanted to spend this time kind of talking about some interesting Super Bowl ads and some of the history with it. So something that I learned in my Making Brand Stick class was that Lay's, you know, the chip brand, they did this almost like a weird campaign where they had different, like, professional football teams dig up some of their turf, like that filled, and they used that soil. They mixed it around. And they in, turned it into Lay's. They tur- Well, that's how they grew their potatoes. They had <laughs> special crops. i was right (laughs) yes i was totally i totally could see where that was going (laughs) anyways yeah yeah yeah. so they see so they used um some of that dirt in they mixed it in their soil at their farms and that's where they grew these special potatoes 
Then they processed them, turned them into chips, and they marked the bags with, like, the logo of whatever that team was where they got that dirt. And they were, you know, kind of auctioning them off, or it was, like, some random drawing um, that where fans could win a bag of chips from their favorite team. And so it was this big marketing thing, and I think it's kind of a fun idea of how you can get creative and get people excited in the weirdest ways possible. You just kind of have to trace... um, back like what's what's your brand about well chips where do chips come from potatoes and then that's how they got this idea just going back to the basics you know they they really went to like mm, yes potatoes mm, dirt dirt how can we make the dirt profitable <laughs> I mean that I mean that's really impressive and I was like why would somebody want like football dirt but then I realized yeah. like if the love of my life um Josh Groban walked upon some dirt. I would definitely eat potatoes made from that dirt. Yeah, like people worship weird things. And so it's it's kind of funny. Um, another thing that Frito-Lays, the company of Lays, but also Doritos, Doritos did something back in 2007 where they did crash the Super Bowl, which basically was a contest uh, released to the public where the public could make their own commercials and submit it to Doritos and then Doritos would pick what a winner to show for the Super Bowl. So it was like content marketing. Wow, they they got people so they outsourced their work but got the workers to pay for it. Yes. Wow, they saved probably billions on that one. Jeez. Funny enough, they actually, it cost the same because they had to pay people to go through all the videos that everyone made because there was, you know, <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of submissions. Imagine, imagine pitching this idea. Okay, so we're going to do significantly less. We want you to pay us to do nothing, essentially. Mm-hmm. That, this is our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. You pay us to do nothing, but it will cost the same. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, who's just like, yeah, this is great. I mean, like, here's what I'm interested in, though. Were these, like, crazy campaign ads, were they, like, successful? Oh, this was super successful. This actually changed the way that marketing and advertising is done today. And they did it at the right time. Like, at first, they the guy, I, I forgot the guy's name, but he pitched it, and it wasn't successful. But he later got up to the higher-ups in Frito-Lays and eventually sold them on this idea to do this. And they were like, okay, we'll try it. And it was actually so successful that after they did it in 2007, they actually released two ads. One's called um, Checkout Girl and the other ad, oh, what was it called? Um, I don't remember what the other ad was called, but they released two ads in 2007 and they didn't have, um, like, much expectation for this. You know, they were kind of like, well, this we'll see how this goes. They actually won fifth place in the big Super Bowl ad contest, which is huge for all the companies doing this. And they got, like, a really good score on AdMeter, which is basically the organization that you know, measures the success of ads and how they were received by the public. So, you know, some data for you. Uh, My true love. (laughs) Your true love. Um, But so they started doing this every year and they did it for 10 years. And I believe they stopped in like 2017 with the crash of the Super Bowl. So every year Uh they've had this contest where people 
have submissions. But they did it in a time where, you know, the 2000s and early 2000s were like... Wait, why, why did they stop? Well, I'll tell you. This is oh. why they stopped. Because here's my guess. Before you tell us, here's my okay. guess. My guess is that the ads just got too racy. Or my other guess is that the... The consumers, they all gathered together and said, we want, this is awful. We are making us pay for our work. And they formed a union. <laughs> and they petitioned Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay is the one people doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They petitioned Frito-Lay. And the union eventually run, eventually won. And um, Frito-Lay just canceled the competition in its entirety due to legal suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bingo. Just kidding. No, you're, you're not <laughs> wow, very right on close. the nose. No, no, not a so union. So the the crashers did not unionize. No, they oh. did not. Um, they should have, dude. So you have to think of like the generations. So what's I can't remember what's the generation before Generation Z. Like what's before us? Millennials. Millennials. The one before okay. that is Gen X. Okay, so it's millennials. So the millennials were the generation that wanted to be discovered. They wanted their YouTube channel to blow up. They wanted to, you know, be spotted at a grocery store and all of a sudden be signed on to some movie or something, you know, that was a generation that was very much like, oh, you know, maybe if I'm here at this place, I can somehow meet this person. And they wanted to shine. They wanted to be in the spotlight. And you could argue that our generation wants that. But the difference is we don't give a shit. (laughs) We just do it ourselves. Yes. Yeah. We we're not waiting to be discovered. (laughs) We are we are able to, you know, put it on our own TikTok, we're able to put it on our own YouTube channel, we have a little bit more control of our spotlight. And so we're not necessarily waiting for some external thing to give us a platform to do it where we have our own platforms. So that's the difference. And that's why it started not to work because people weren't showing as much interest in it. Because they're already just like making their own content. Yeah. So why would they need to? I mean, the Super Bowl is one thing and to be on that level, but that was a big reason they stopped. Okay, so you're telling me people stopped trying to be in the Super Bowl because they thought they could get the same success on their own. Basically their logic, yes. You know, I want to say I'm shocked, but the audacity of Gen Zers, coming from a Gen Zer, the audacity (laughs) that we have and the just blind self-confidence, it's great. It is. It's great. We're going to blow up and be viral and... We can't say blow up after we talked about kamikazes. Okay. We can't... Sorry, part of our choice. You need to watch it. <laughs> sorry, Elizabeth is being very insensitive. That is on her. Yeah, I'm making fun of my own generation for being attention seekers. Quick, attention quick, horse. get her, guys. Get her. Get her. <laughs> get her. Um... I would never say that about Gen Z. I have never said anything about bad about Gen Z ever. I never will. So I say we rise up against Elizabeth. And, and we unionize. Her. We unionize against Elizabeth. <laughs> and we take her out. All right. Right. Hashtag unionize. Unionize Wait, against no. what is it? Elizabeth. Um, unionize Gen Z's against Elizabeth. Hashtag Gen Z's. Gen, Gen Z's against Elizabeth. Crash the Gen Z. Crash the Elizabeth. Crash Elizabeth. <laughs> Crash Elizabeth. Crash. Wait, we can't say crash kamikazes. Again, uh, again okay. in cars, Subarus. Okay, we can't say crash Elizabeth, you guys. I can't believe Elizabeth is so insensitive. I am so sorry that you guys have to hear this. And for those Elizabeths out there, I'm sorry that you have to deal with Soraya. 
They don't exist. She's talking to no one right now, you guys. She <laughs> Elizabeth just, she isn't ma- a common name at all. <laughs> Elizabeth just made up her an imaginary friend as the people who are Elizabeth supporters. <laughs> she wasn't a queen. She, she wasn't, wasn't a an actress. No, I mean, I think... No, I'm not talking about, like, all the famous queens. I'm not talking about, like, Elizabeth Taylor and Queen Elizabeth of the Tudor house. I'm talking about you, Elizabeth Wintle. Okay. I'm Let's one of a kind. Clear. You're yeah. one of a kind in that no... You are alone. (laughs) I'm just kidding, you guys. Hashtag um, for Elizabeth or against Elizabeth, please poll. You know, this could be, this could work in my favor. Maybe I'll blow up after this revolution. Again with blow up. Again with blow up. Again with revolution, Elizabeth. And what if I'm selling the dirt I walk on? Like Lay's. Maybe we can start well, that. I mean, some people sell their bath water on the internet. You I, could I try. Sh- this try is that. Elizabeth's announcement for her opening up her eBay store. <laughs> this is happening, you guys. She will be selling the dirt she walks on. How much should I sell it for? Depends on if you include pictures of your feet with it. <laughs> what if it's, it's pictures of your feet walking on the grass? And it's Ooh. just like a box of dirt with my footprint in it. And remember, the product will die, but your brand of foot dirt... We'll live Elizabeth's forever. foot dirt will live forever. <laughs> toe dirt. Toe dirt. Dirt no. between your toenails. Oh, I feel like that's you're disgusting. getting too specific. Unless here's the thing. I don't know anything about advertising, so right. is it better to be specific? It with is. Advertising? Be, it is because it's product different different the product different I can't say it. Product differentiation. Yes. You you're using bingo. an econ word. Being you're using an econ word. Ooh. Sorry, I just got tingles. She said data, and then she used product differentiation. And you're like, oh. I, oh, you're speaking my language. Okay, so anyways, as we were trying to build our our brand of Elizabeth's toe dirt, how can we like, what's, I'm trying to tie back into the advertising thing. Let's get back to the kind of advertising and like this, mm-hmm. um, what is it, the brand stickers. So what is going on? With this, so like people stop doing it. Well, right. what's so they stopped doing it in 2017. You said, yeah. what what other stuff are they doing with that so, after it? Because I guess they had to adapt. So yeah. what did they do? So they're not fully giving up user generated content. Rather, they're dialing it up, but in a new format that's more applicable to this audience. So they launched a new program called Legion of the Bold, and it's basically an initiative that involves asking the public for creative ideas throughout the year on everything from Vine videos to banner ads. So it's basically a website where all throughout the year, people can submit ideas that can be featured in ads or whatever the creative marketing thing that Doritos is doing. So it's not just the Super Bowl. They're doing it year round. So people have more of an opportunity. So the marketing team has just outsourced their job entirely. That idea team has just entirely outsourced that job. They have. I have so much respect for that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, just why do it? Why do it yourself when you can outsource it to the people who care about you? And I have some numbers for you. Ooh, now you're speaking my language. So the most effective brands from 2010 to 2015 with their Super Bowl ad score and the total number of Super Bowl ads, Doritos is number one for most successful. I have a question. Doritos is number one for most successful. Yes. When did Puppy Monkey Baby come out? 
This is incredibly important. Oh, let's. I guess no, we'll, we, I'll we Google need it. to research. I because feel like it was 2015, but I could be very off. That ad lives rent free in my head. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't. It causes me immense trauma, so I can't. I think when you think about the Super Bowl, you have to think 2016. Of that. Oh, I was so close. 2016. Yeah. Oof. So, Doritos was already on top before Puppy Monkey Baby. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, and then Pepsi was next. And then, yeah, Pepsi, and then Coca-Cola, then Budweiser, then Volkswagen. Those are the top five. You know what always kills me is what? that Pepsi is the official drink of the NFL. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, it makes sense why they would have more money, but, like, I, for some reason, for me, it's just, like, Pepsi. Well, Pepsi, pe- really? Pepsi, it's because the um, Pepsi Co., the organization that, you know, has Pepsi, has Frito-Lays. They're also in charge of Doritos. Oh, Yo, they have, like, a monopoly, definitely. Okay, so what you're telling me is that Pepsi Co. is the shadow government. Yeah, they own everything. Oh, my god. They probably own Subaru. They probably own... The dirt that Don't bring the... Subaru into this. Okay. Don't bring <laughs> PepsiCo. Well, but they, you know, sponsored the halftime show. And so, of course, they're going to be big. But, but, in May 2022, Apple has now, their contract ended with Pepsi. So, now Apple has taken it over. So, now it's Apple that's running the Super Bowl halftime show. So, it's going to be different this year. I'm so scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, so when did they take over that contract? May 2022. No way. So it's, this is the first year of this Apple. This is the first year of Apple. Whoa. That's crazy. Also, yeah. hashtag PepsiCo Illuminati. Whatever. Anyways, continue. Well, okay. Connection to that. Doritos are triangle-shaped, and they had the Illuminati in one of their commercials. Because they're really focusing on their triangle shape, and this year they had a contest for TikTokers to come up with a triangle-shaped dance that they're going to feature in this year's Super Bowl commercial. What? <laughs> so again, so I guess Doritos is outsourcing their work too. Yes, everyone's outsourcing. Yes, to wow. um, triangle-shaped dances, and they might have a celebrity. That's what it's hinted. We'll have to see. I will tonight. be in tonight's Doritos commercial. You can all see me. Oh, by the way, we are filming this on the day of the Super Bowl. We're recording this. That's the picture of their hint. If you look really closely in their hint picture, you can see me somewhere. Oh yeah. You can screaming, definitely see me. Screaming at the chip. You're like, I, I want it. I'm not, I mean, yeah, screaming at the chip somewhere. You're like, you run the government, get out of here. Run the government. They're the government. It's the Illuminati. It's the shadow government. Run. I mean, wait, so I don't, I feel like Doritos being the Illuminati would be too obvious. They literally just make like a triangle chip. I feel like that's too obvious and too dumbly obvious. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't know. I feel like the Illuminati leaves hints, but they leave subtle hints Mm -hmm. do you feel me Mm -hmm. you feel me Mm -hmm. what other companies could be part of the illuminati or like what let's talk about the other companies here or like those other campaigns and such Mm -hmm. what's well they're making a breaking bad commercial for pop (laughs) corners which is also triangle shaped and it's also owned by frito-lays and pepsico okay so they're probably saying pop i'm trying let me connect Pop pop chips, you said. Pop, pop corners. Chip? Are you, pop hold corners. On. I don't I know what a pop corner is. Pop. Um, so, Wait. pop is similar to crack, which is similar to meth, which is similar. Which blue meth is in Breaking Bad. I totally see the connection. Yeah, and I, they easy. have a bl- they're Simple. in a blue bag. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. You guys want to get your 
blue crystal meth, blue rock candy. Just from Walter your, White himself. Nearest grocery store. Also, what the frick is a popcorner? Holy no, crap. look it up. I you've seen them, I promise you. I don't. Popcorner chips. Let me show you. See Wait. these ones. Oh, yeah. dude, I have those in my pantry. I eat those, like, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were just called pop chips. <laughs> no, popcorners. And oh, they're those triangle are shapes. <gasps> See, now that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The triangle shape, but it's not their main thing. So Doritos, if their main thing was a triangle, then, like, their main thing is a triangle. It's not going to be the yeah. Illuminati, but pop chips, it's much more it's subtle. subtle. And they're doing Breaking Bad. Hashtag Everyone PepsiCo likes Illuminati. Breaking Bad, right? Like I don't, actually. What's wrong with you? Oh, I, okay. Have you have you watched Breaking Bad? Yeah. You watched it? I, this will be a tangent for another day okay. about, I don't know, I just really, really struggle with those really, with those darker shows. And mm-hmm. I will, I will explain further. Okay. This will be a rabbit hole for another day, so you guys look out for that. But I struggle with those darker, those shows where it's just dark and those sadness, I do. I struggle with those. I can acknowledge that it is a fantastic show. I can acknowledge the story, the acting, everything about it is great, and I can see why people love it. I, I really struggle with it. Hmm. I just it makes me sad, and I can't deal with sadness. That's a little bit too with the Illuminati. For you. With the Illuminati on my back, I can't. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. You're like I've lived this life before as a chemistry teacher who has cancer. And so yes, that was my meth. previous p- profession was a chemistry teacher with cancer so, who makes meth. So it hits close to home. It hits too close to home for me. Okay. Yes. Get it. Anyways, now that we're done talking about my trauma, so they're doing a Breaking Bad commercial. Yeah. Popcorners. Yeah. Okay. It's another commercial. They're also doing. Um, there's a company called uh, Rakuten. Which I know everyone makes fun of it because they don't know how to say it, and they even made an ad on that. But they're doing a clueless inspired ad, so I think nostalgia is going to be a big part of the Super Bowl this year, especially '90s nostalgia. So I'm looking up Rakuten, uh-huh. ra- racketeering. It's um R A K. I have no idea what that is. It's spelled R A K U T A N. I don't know what this thing is. Oh, it's cashback. Yeah. Which, I don't know why they're using Clueless, but they are. I guess we'll see I mean, what it's up to. I I don't even... Whatever. As as an ad- advertising aficionado, as an expert, okay. if you will. I don't like it when they, like, tie... No, I do like it when... I like it when they use celebrities, mm-hmm. like, their personality as celebrities. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they bring in, like, beloved TV shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, Netflix is shows. doing a whole thing with that. They're doing a commercial... For the Super Bowl, um, and they're partnering with GM, so they're gonna have a lot of cars involved. General Motors, they're yeah. partnering with. General- yeah, Netflix, and you would never would think, but I've seen this commercial. Yeah. Basically, it has Will Ferrell, and he's going between different things like Squid Game and The Walking Dead, and Stranger Things and Bridgerton, and he's acting as different characters. And there's usually a car in the background or part of it. If I was partnering, if I was Netflix and I was partnering with General Motors and I got Will Ferrell, I would 1,000% remake the entire Fast and Furious franchise with Will Ferrell. <laughs> that, that's smart. Like, just, I, he doesn't but, even have to play a different character. But I don't know if they own the rights to Fast and the Furious. I, I, well, they're Netflix. They, they should probably get, could. I would find a way to get them because yeah. they're fetching Netflix. Yeah. I would call Vin Diesel himself. Yeah. Excuse me as I tie my hair back again let's see what got anything 
what else is on there if you got it? Um, well, this is about wrapping up, like, everything I had to talk about, but along with nostalgia, of course, there's going to be a lot of funny ads because all, I mean, for the majority of commercials are going to be funny because they're trying to target the audience of a bunch of drunk people with their friends and all they want to do is laugh and, you know, you'll occasionally get that really heartwarming, emotional story that will stand out. You've seen some of those Yes, the triumph of the human spirit. Right. But a lot of them are going to be funny, and it, it's just the audience they're trying to appeal to. And everyone likes to laugh, so they're appealing to this mass audience that watches the Super Bowl. Um, and this character of Ad is called a jester. And this is just kind of something we learned in my class, where brands like to have characters that represent their brand. So, like, the brand Lego, their character is um, the creator. Um if that makes sense. Um, another one is Nike. There's, they're the hero. Oh, okay, okay. So there, it's not like a physical character because I'm thinking like, ah, uh, yes, KFC, Colonel mm-hmm. Sanders. Yeah, no. Okay, so. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I'm like, the le- when you're like, who is the Legos <laughs> the character? The Lego movie. And I'm like, the yellow Lego man. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> and you go, Nike, and I'm like, who the F was <laughs> The like the check mark, I don't. Yeah, Serena but I know Williams. That's Serena Williams. <laughs> I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. All right. So as we're wrapping up, Elizabeth, you just take a final tangent about make brands sticky, making brands stick. Yeah. You go on a final tangent about this. You just wrap it up. If you have anything else you want to say about the importance, whatever it is, you go on just just final tangent, man. All right. I. Don't have anything else to say. Oh, shit. <laughs> you put me on the spot there. I am going to put you on the spot. So. Um, but, you know, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about with branding. Right, how about this? How about this? Um, advertising, branding, things like that. Why do you like it? Why do you care about it? I think it's fascinating because, you know, we live in a capitalist society. People are always trying to sell you stuff, whether you know it or not. You know, it's in school. It's in religion. It's in you know, your day-to-day. It's in when you go to the grocery store, when you walk anywhere, there's billboards, there's brands, you pass McDonald's, you pass Starbucks, all these places. They're, you know, they're so important to your daily life. And I just think it's fascinating why we value brands so much, why they're so important, the science behind it, you know, how you persuade people is very fascinating to me. And also how you tell a story in different kinds of stories, how you, um, can use different strategies to sell something. I just, I find marketing very fascinating, but especially advertising, like the more creative side of marketing. So uh, you, you would say that this kind of advertising marketing, it's you it's storytelling that appeals to people. Or is it, uh, how, how would you kind of describe it? Because what you're telling me, you're interested in it because it is very... Because it's everywhere. Well, it's always trying to sell you stuff. So Yeah, I, I guess let me give you a little bit more context. So yeah. last year, I started out in college as a film major. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, you know, wanted, to, I thought this was a great career for me. I was going to be able to lead teams, direct movies, work with a lot of creative departments, you know, because I love a lot of things creatively. So I like, you know, costume design. I like production design. I like cinematography, photography, graphic design, writing, all these things. And so I'm like directing. That's the way I want to go. I want to tell a story. I want to work with people. So I was going down this path 
And I realized even though there were elements I liked, my heart wasn't fully in it and I would have to make sacrifices to where my life would have to fully revolve around film for me to get anywhere. And I didn't want to sacrifice everything else I enjoyed in life to live this path of film is the thing I have going for me and only that. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but that's just not, like, having a filmmate be your entire life, that's a great option for some people, mm-hmm. but it wasn't for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I have a friend, and, you know, she wants to go into acting, and I think it's great that her heart's very much into it, and that's her goal, and she's willing to make the sacrifices to do it. It just, I realized it wasn't for me, and... Um, so then I was thinking, well, where do my values lie? I had to do a lot of reflecting and I was thinking of kind of similar options and I even, I know this is kind of stupid, but I took some like quizzes of like, what job should I do? You know, those Everybody's types done of, that. yeah, I've taken like 20 of those. Yeah. And a lot of them were like, you should be a creative director for advertising or it's basically the job I am looking at and kind of want is something similar, like a modern day version of Don Draper from Mad Men, if you've heard of that show. I know Mad Men. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Is that? John Hamm. John Hamm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, okay. His character. Um, basically, where you're, it's kind of in a leadership position where you're working with clients, listening to what they want to do with their brand, and then you're executing that through a, like a campaign uh, plan and strategy. So you're, you know, you're making the billboards for this campaign you're making the commercials you're doing the digital marketing for it you make their vision happen yes awesome and you're working with different teams to do that you know you're working with the copywriters you're working with the graphic designers the directors of the commercials it's basically you're kind of just the person in charge of that and that's what I decided I want to kind of go into or found fascinating and I'm not saying like for sure I'm set on doing this but as of now as of now this is the plan this is the and I mean, plan. that's what you do for us, too. That's what Elizabeth's role in this podcast, just like I make schedules and do all the annoying little menial tests. Elizabeth is really in charge of that kind of content creation. And I didn't realize until I started doing this podcast how important it is. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like what you say, like, yeah, advertising is everywhere and it's so, so important. But then Elizabeth being so interested and so passionate about this. I've had the opportunity to learn more about it. And it's really, it really is fascinating because it's being creative while trying to understand people, Mm -hmm. which is just fascinating. And like, so I'm also a Starbucks barista, but you think about how well-known and big Starbucks is, but it wouldn't be where it was today if it weren't for the marketing strategies, the promotion of it. It probably would still be a little coffee shop if it weren't for, you know, the changes they made to, um, like, focus on why people come to a coffee shop. They really focused on the connection, and that's what they're promoting, and that's what... Yeah, they're really focused on showing off that mermaid with the two tails. I know that's what people are looking for. I know that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) You want to be a mermaid. You go to Starbucks to become a mermaid. Yeah, more importantly, I want to stare at the mermaid. Mm. Mm. It does something, honey. Yeah. Hashtag Starbucks Illuminati. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was <laughs> just, that was a joke. Everything else was real. This is where I don't want to get fired from my job. I love you, Starbucks. <laughs> I only speak good things. I swear. You just bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> bleep it, Zach, bleep this out and post. Bleep it out. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's all very fascinating because, you know, how we as humans can be manipulated. <laughs> that sounds evil. I mean, you're not wrong, dude. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, that's what I think. And like at the at its darkest, that's exactly that is what advertising is. Advertising mm-hmm. marketing. It is, it is manipulating people to do what you want. But at its best, it can be, again, being creative and helping people find things that they need and mm-hmm. they want, and being able to understand how to get that to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, I think this wraps up our rabbit hole. Wow, I did not know. I did. I did not think I would ever actually sit down and have an interesting conversation about advertising. Well, I hope it was interesting. No, I mean this is just not something that I'm like I look into mm-hmm. at all. And I mean that's kind of like the point of doing these weird little rabbit hole episodes is because we we all have our little things that we can go on tangents about. And well, I have a lot of tangents. Elizabeth has a lot of tangents. And there's things that every single person can totally nerd out about. So we want to. We want to hear each other's rabbit holes. If you have a rabbit hole that you would like to go down, share it with us, comment about it, or anything like that. Because we love to hear. Send us an email. Send us an email. And maybe we will feature you on a podcast episode. Yeah. Interview you. Listen to your rabbit hole. Yeah, all of these. It's awesome. We'll maybe post you on our Instagram. You will be just as famous as those Super Bowl ads. I promise you. It's a guarantee. See, Elizabeth, again, with the empty promises... And guarantee the, money back just kidding <laughs> elizabeth again trying to outsource her job as social media content creator she just gave a thumbs up <laughs> an evil smirk oh like gosh, a little evil smirk okay so on that note of elizabeth um saying some awful things that i'm sorry you had to hear i think it is time for you guys to get, get out loser and i'll be selling my no you will not dirt no dirt. i'll be selling dirt yeah check out our instagram wait ebay <laughs>